So welcome to part two of the podcast. Unfortunately, uh, we had a bit of a technical issue with part of the section that we did at a podcast on the weekend. So we're having to do this little bit again, looking at the relegation battle, and we'll just run over what Adam Virgo's thoughts on it as well. Uh, joining me back here it is Rob Orrell. Hello, Rob. Yeah, exactly. Luke's given in, listeners, to my protest and that of the Aldershot Town fans. Those that have listened to the pod already and gone, where's the bit where you talk about our best away win in years? Um, but uh, I'm yeah, BT quite... you've got a beef with as well, not just me. Uh, no, I understand the reality of it. I think they just run out of time. They, they, they showed the goals, but uh, in their little chat afterwards, they didn't even refer to it, even though Eastleigh's seven-match unbeaten home record went and all shot had you know, probably their best result for a long time. Um, When they started the season poorly, the performances weren't necessarily too bad. They were losing a lot of games by a goal. And in this recent run where they've picked up, they've generally, where they have won, they've won by a goal, but uh, they went away from Eastleigh in the end on uh, on Saturday. And it it didn't look as if it would be going like that at the start of the game. But um, I guess from the outside looking in, Luke, that that, that must have been a bit of an eye-opening scoreline when you saw it. Yeah, although Aldershot are on a, on a good run of form. But yeah, you wouldn't expect them to go to Eastleigh and win, would you? Because Eastleigh have, like I said, got a very good home record despite them not doing quite as well this season. And Ben Shrevens always has them really hard to beat. And uh, I know you said, Rob, that Eastleigh, they, they, they were good first half, weren't they? Yeah, th- th- yeah, I think there was an emphasis from Eastleigh to be on the front foot, you know, the usual kind of, Look, they ha- not the usual. It's not usual to not play a game for eighteen days, but that was the situation. And I'm sure the chat in the dressing room will have been along the lines of, "Look, we don't want to look rusty. Let's go for it." Um, and what they found was a very resilient Aldershot Town side that set themselves up to be very, very hard to break down and score against um, in the first half. They didn't offer too much going forward, and this is really unusual for us uh, that like Aldershot that watch Aldershot to see because, to be honest. Under previous managers, many of them, they've always had a bit of a, not, I wouldn't say gung-ho, but it's always been, you know, go out there to try and win every game. Uh, and teams teams have, have got to know that. They've picked all the shot off many, many times. Teams have stayed in the game and, and taken their chance when it comes along. And, and just lately, that's what uh, Aldershot have, have, have been doing. Um, ironically, it was uh, an injury to one of the centre-backs, Joe Gubbins, on loan from... Uh, Oh, I think it's Queen's Park Rangers. Yeah, it is Queen's Park Rangers. Um, I'll be shot if I've got that wrong. Um, he picked up a hamstring injury. Talking a lot of gobbins, won't he, if you've got it yeah, wrong? Yeah, he picked up a hamstring injury in the first half towards the end. And um, I don't think he's ever had one before because he was completely convinced that he'd be okay and he could come back on. Uh, and he was getting better advice to come off. And he was also getting quite a lot of stick from the Eastley crowd who were frustrated that it was still nil-nil. Um, and I think they they um, suspected a bit of time-wasting, but I think genuinely Gubbins thought that he'd be able to carry on, which, of course, you can't if you've tweaked your ham, if you've done your hamstring at all. Um, that necessitated a change to four at the back. And uh, in the second half, particularly after the hour mark, once uh, Jacob Berkley-Adjipong came on and, and Jaden Harris uh, Aldershot really got ahead of steam up going forward. They put some lovely moves together. Um, and uh, the first goal was quite bizarre. If, 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 if any of you out there have seen it, Aldershot 
nice slick one-touch passing move into the box and then they started hammering away at the goal and I think the keeper, uh, Joe McDonald, made a couple of saves and then that third effort was blocked and then Jaden Harris stood on the goal line virtually, just lifted his long leg and poked it back to Corey Andrews who smashed it into one of the very few gaps that were there. Uh, that goal was shot underway. Lewis Kinsella then scored with a free kick that he kind of bounced in. One of those dangerous ones that somebody might get contact or might not. Nobody did. Uh, his third goal of the season, the third goal of his career too, I might add. Uh, he's now set a target of five for the season, but he's wondering if he might have to up that. <laughs> um, another breakaway goal for all the shot. Jaden, you know, Eastley were pushing towards the end to try and get back in it. And again, Jaden Harris, who, who who looked sharp for his month on loan at Hampton and Richmond, um, he fed Andrews, who finished one on one. Yeah, Tom the, Tom gave him a glowing report, didn't he, as well from his time at Hampton. Oh, listen, Jaden Harris. It was really the hardest decision uh, of all of those that he's made, Mark Mosley, on personnel at Aldershot for the Aldershot Town fans to take was was Jaden Harris going out on loan because during that spell, the first six or seven games, when they obviously had a wretched start, he was far and away the best player for Aldershot. Um, but when Mosley came in, I think he felt that he want, he needed some experience in there. And of course, he's brought in Mo Silla. Um, who has been absolutely outstanding. 28 years old, centre midfielder, French, barely speaks a word of English. Um, and it's difficult to do much coaching with him and explain much to him, but he's just a pure footballer. He just instinctively knows the right things to do. So uh, him with uh, Alfie Whittingham alongside him, who's in the form of his life, uh, three goals in the last uh, five games and a couple of those winners, um, it's been a real breath of fresh air for all the shot in you know in the season that's been really difficult to stomach um, at times. Um, and 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 the final point I want to make on it, Luke, is much like Chesterfield, and we touched on it earlier on. Um, there's no doubt Chesterfield have got the worst injury crisis in the National League. We're talking 12, 13, 14 players out at times. But Aldershot, with that injury to Gubbins, have now reached double figures with players out. And it is really bizarre. It's not the first time it's happened with Aldershot or other teams. There must be something in it, in adversity, something that bonds the team. Maybe the players relax because they know that they're going to sort of play because there's not too much competition for places. I don't know. Have you have you come across it? You know, with, with teams that you've watched, I think it's more a chance for players to put the hand up and say, "Pick me." You know, that maybe haven't been playing as much, like you say. I mean, Jacob Berkeley, Adjapong, for example, has been in and out the side. Now, now maybe he's come on and done well, hasn't he? So maybe it's a chance for him to get a starting lineup and, and say to Matt Mosley, "Look, don't leave me out." Yeah, I mean, there's tremendous. There's going to be tremendous competition for places. Scott Wagstaff's back available now, and. Uh, um, you know, he came off the bench to good effect as well on uh, Saturday. Uh, and over the next few weeks, the likes of James Vennings and, uh, um, hang on. And over the next few weeks, the likes of James Vennings, maybe Giles Phillips at the back, uh, one or two of those, you know, will start to come back into the group and the competition for places will crack on even more, you know. But what a stunning run. If you had said to me, Luke, a month ago, that Aldershot would have eight, nine, ten players out injured. And by the way, they're then going to go and win four out of five, draw the other one and pick up 13 points out of 15. I wouldn't not just have not believed you. I'd have laughed at you. 
Um, but this is just one of the things that continue to uh, surprise us in football. Uh, we can never seem to predict the unpredictable. It just it just evolves before our eyes, doesn't it? And, uh, you know, it's, it's a really, really good run now. It's lifted them away a little bit. They're going to need to sustain it to... To, to be safe, but they'll have put the fear into of God into teams like Wealdstone and, and, and Maidenhead and Weymouth, um, who were probably a month ago writing off Dover and Aldershot. You've laughed at me loads of times, Rob, so I, well, I wouldn't have minded if yeah. you laughed at me. Um, <laughs> we one should of the other... touch the battle at the bottom. We should touch on a, a little bit of, of, of your really interesting stuff that Adam Virgo talked about that we've lost. Yeah, we chatted about um, South. We chatted about South End, didn't we, Rob? And, and obviously, we mentioned they lost that Notts County in the other podcast. Um, he thinks they could go straight back down at us, straight and have a straight down our back to back relegations. Basically, they've not had the new manager bounce. Have the you mentioned it, Rob, as well? They've like got three managers in there. They've got Darren Curry, Mark Bentley, alongside Kevin Mayer as well. So it's um, it's a really tough time for them. I mean, there's uh, there's discontent off the field as well. Um, and it's it's a really tough job for them, isn't it? It is. I mean, I think, uh, ironically, at the other end of the table, James Rowe talked about it. When you do lose a game, you've got to stop, or you're on a run of losses. You've got to stop that momentum somehow, whether it's a, a raggy arse draw or, 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 or you manage to scrape a win. Um, and, and and that's what's tough for Southend right now. I think yeah. they've got... After they won they at Oshun, like you say, they should have gone on and said, right, we're going to get another win now. Yeah, and um, don't get me wrong, fixtures like away to Notts County in the form that they're in are difficult, and they gave themselves a chance, didn't they, by by taking the lead, but, um, you know, in the second half, Notts County sort of showed their their class. Um, yeah, I think Adam talked about the fact that that there was three. I mean, they were they're, they're not people that are used to being. They've, you know, Darren Curry's been assistant at Barnet, of course, but then he made his name as a manager mm. at Barnet. He took him to the was it the fourth round of the FA Cup, knocked out Sheffield United. Mm, yeah, so, and and Mark Bentley was getting rave reviews for what the work that he was doing with with Canby Island, um, and Kevin Mayhew, as you said, also you know ex Southend, but how. Difficult can it be? I, I, I'm just not sure what how it works with three men that have all been managers. And now you've got John Still coming to the equation yeah. as well. And I appreciate that his main his main area may be, you know, recruitment. But but given that there's an embargo in place as well, um, I, I'm just not sure. I also don't know, and I'm not starting, you know, rumours here, but I, I don't know, and I think Adam touched on it, well, just what the relationship is like between John Still and Darren Curry. They've clearly worked together before, but did it end on a good note? I'm not sure. Um, that sounds a little bit like I'm on TalkSport here, trying to pick for something that might be there, but, but I, I, I Talking rubbish, know. Rob, rubbish, Rob. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think too many, war, uh, too many, too many cooks. Exactly. Is, is 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 the obvious thing from the outside looking in, but they've uh, probably looked at it and gone, "Oh, three good, strong." Like you've got Darren Curry, who's done well. Mark Bentley, who's done well as a manager. Kevin Murray, who interviewed well by all accounts. And you're thinking, if you've got three like good brains put together, they can pull together. But sometimes it, it you can almost overdo it in that sense, like you say, too many cooks. Yeah, um, for for all that that's said, it's important as well that we reflect on what I think Adam 
kind of uh, summarised with as well that he he said you know given what's going on at Dover and there's only two other places they might just survive Southend because you know there may well be a couple of other teams that 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 that, that are likely even if they continue to struggle might finish below them um you know be interesting to see what movement they can make what players they can bring and, and just how effective those coaches can be um i'd love you know i'm sure we'd love to hear from from any south end fans probably not too adverse with this podcast having dropped down just last season from the from the efl but if you are a south end fan listening just you know follow us on uh, on twitter we'll, we'll we'll follow you back you can dm us uh or if you want, you can come on. You can come on the pod and give your perspective, because I know that the one person we haven't mentioned in all this is is Ron Martin, who clearly is is quietened down a little bit. The chairman, isn't it? From you know, he's he's bought himself some time, shall we say? But um, yeah, time will tell. So I'm going to look at the South Division now, and joining me to do that is former Hungerford Town manager Ian Herring. Hi, Ian. Hi, Luke. Thanks for having me again. No, no, it's great, and. Uh, it's great to see a new team at the top of the National League South. It's Oxford City now. They drew 1-1 with Chippenham. They were pegged back eventually, but uh, we'll get on to Dartford's result shortly. But Dartford's result meant that Oxford City go top on goal difference. Yeah, um, not many people would have guessed that at the start of the season, although um, Oxford, they're doing great things off the pitch. I know Justin Merritt um, quite well and... They, they've been running the club extremely well for a number of years and um, I think that, that sort of shows on the pitch. I think I spoke to you not so long ago um, about David Oldfield being a very good manager. He knows what he's doing and um, that, that certainly shows in the league table. So um, I'm, I'm sure Oxford City will be happy with their start and um, good to see Harvey Bradbury on the score sheet to them as well. Yeah, they would have been two points clear at the top, but for LFA Santos equalising on the 59th minute. Dartford, meanwhile, they played a Kent Derby against Maidstone. A Maidstone team shorn of six of their players due to injury and illness, not COVID. Uh, but they went and won by four goals to nil, an emphatic performance from them. It was a hat-trick in the end for Jack Barham. And I know Steve King held his hands up afterwards and said his team were well beaten. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, I'm sure he'll be disappointed with that result. Um, and on the on the other on the flip side, Maidstone will be delighted. Um, Full time team, obviously, they've got quite a big squad, so they they can obviously cope with those illnesses and injuries. And um, good to see Jack Barham get a hat trick. He's um, he's had a number of clubs over the last few years. He's had a few problems of injuries. Um, he was at Welling on loan, I think, a couple of years ago where I first come across him. And he's um, he's an exciting player, works his socks off. So um, good to see him in, in amongst the goals. Yeah, it's, it's a strange one with Darford. They started off the season like a train, didn't they? But they, they've just, they've really stuttered, haven't they, over the last few weeks? Yeah, they have. They're tailed off a bit. Um, that every they they sort of set off like a steam train, didn't they? And we all thought they were going to be the team to catch. And um, they've been caught early on. Every every team goes through a bad spell, and I'm I'm pretty sure they'll come back strong. Steve King, one of the most experienced managers at this level in the league, he knows what he's doing, and they've got the ability. If they need to strengthen, they'll strengthen also. Yeah, now the romantics choice for everyone is Dulwich Hamlet there doing really well in third position and 
they're the kind of the hipster club, aren't they? The club everyone wants to go and visit. Are you surprised that they're in third place currently? Uh, yes and no. Um, I think they've sort of underachieved somewhat the last couple of seasons. Um, they've got an exceptional manager, Gavin Rose. Obviously, they get a they get a huge crowd and they've got a lot of publicity. What's happening off the pitch with Peter Crouch? But um, Gavin's been there a long time. I think he's been there ten years, mate, give or take. And um, I think that's bearing fruits. And um, yeah, they're, they're, I think they're up, up where they should be. And um, should they go on and get out of the league, they're a team that could um, be more than capable of holding their own in the league above. Yeah, they drew 2-2 two, two, two at Tombridge. Of course, you know Steve McKinn really well. And it's been a, a tough season for them again, hasn't it? They just haven't got the budget to compete really, have they? Yeah, it's difficult. Um, they, they, they're always going to be up against it. And um Fortunately, this season there's only one go down, and I think Steve, knowing Steve quite well, he'll um, he'll have his team set up to be hard to beat, and um, they'll they'll just scrape through. But um, yeah, for teams like Tunbridge, it's always going to be difficult, and I'm sure I'm sure success for them will be staying in the league. Um, but they need to do stuff off the pitch also as well, and and I'm sure that's the that's the most important thing for them. Yeah, absolutely. It had been on a run of three straight defeats until the weekend. They managed to get a late winner against Concord, Greg Cundall, with a minute, a winner four minutes from time. And good for them to get back on track. And I know a lot of people have said this season that they are one of the best sides that they've seen. So they'll be one of the favourites, won't we? Won't they? Yeah, um, spoken to a lot of people in, in the game, and um, Ebsfleet has sort of tipped as the best football inside. Um, that people have come across. Alfie Egan scored again. He's been sort of getting plaudit to being the best player in the league. Um, I hope to get and watch them um, over the coming weeks because they're, um, yeah, like I say, the, the the German managers do, I can't pronounce his name. He's um, he's doing an excellent job. They're up there, there or thereabouts, game in hand, three points behind. And um, another full-time team, they'll be looking to to kick on strong over the Christmas period. Yeah, another team looking to do that will be having it in Waterlooville. It was a, a late winner there from Jake McCarthy in the derby against Eastbourne Borough. It's been a difficult week off the pitch for Paul Doswell, but just a tonic for them with that win. Yeah, definitely. Um, it's what it's all about. Saturdays can can sort of get away from things, what's happening off the pitch. So um, he'll be more than delighted with that win. It's, um, it's a tough place to go. He, he's born at the best of times. And um, Jake McCarthy popping up with a with a 90-plus minute winner. He's um, an exceptional player. Went up with Weymouth, obviously. So knows how to get out of the league. And um, he's certainly a player that should be playing higher, so um, Doz has done well again with his recruitment there. Yeah, in the last playoff place, currently it is St Albans and Tom, our resident Hampton Richmond Borough fan, he was bemoaning the fact that he'd lost 3-0 at St Albans. He felt they dominated the game, but it sometimes happens, Ian, doesn't it, where you just don't do the right things in both boxes and, and despite playing well, you get punished. Yeah, definitely, Luke. It's um, it's a very unforgiving league, and um, you can see they're probably trying to think think they can nick a nick a draw at the end, and then um, it's a type of league where you, where you think you're doing well um, in the game, then all of a sudden, bang, 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 you're three 0 down, and it's sort of how's that happened? And um, Hampton have been on the wrong end of that this um, on Saturday, so um, so yeah, disappointing for Gary McCann, but um, St Albans looking to, to get back on a good run of form after the FA Cup. 
Just outside of the playoff places, it's your old team, Hungerford, another fantastic season for them. They had a, a good win away at Bath City and, and they're doing wonders once again this year, aren't they? Yeah, definitely. It's um, it's a fantastic result, clean sheet, but always a tough place to go. And um, I know Jerry Gill will be disappointed with his start, but um, but it's no fluke. Hungerford, they've done exceptionally well last season and... Um, it was interesting listening to Adam Virgo earlier in the sense of South End off the pitch is um, what Hungerford are doing now. They've had a number of years off the pitch going through sort of hard times and um, off the pitch, they're, they're certainly getting their house in order, new sort of new changing rooms. And it's, it's credit to um, the chairman and his wife, Nikki Patrick and Nikki Chambers, really, because um, off the pitch, they're starting to starting to get things right and um, more people coming through the gates. I think there was a hundred um, juniors and their parents that went to watch that game at Bath. So, um, yeah, good things off the pitch. And, and that's helping good things happen on the pitch. Yeah, and that, that's uh, it's kind of the next generation. That's what you want them to get through. You don't want them to kind of go and watch a league, one, a league two club or support a Premier League team. And the parents will come down with the kids. They'll probably see the setup, have a couple of beers. And, and that's how you keep them, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. Obviously, on-pitch performances help. And like I said, it's no fluke. Danny Robinson knows what he's doing. That he's got a good good team there, good team spirit, resilient group, and um, that can help get people through the gate. Um, but again, like I say, the, the, there's a lot of credit that must go to the chairman and his wife um, for what they're doing off the pitch and the juniors whilst I was there. Um, the juniors, the academy and the first team were all sort of separate entities. Although I was trying to bring that together, it, the chairman was very new and it, it, it didn't kind of happen quick enough but it's happening now and it, it is wonderful to see because it is a, it's a small town and um but they're getting a lot more people through the turnstiles and, and long may that continue yeah final two games we're going to look at in a minute we're going to look at Hemel Hempstead against Slough which was an eventful game but Darkin what have you made of them this year I know they were they were top when the league was called to a halt last season Mark White reckoned that other teams had, had outgunned them on signing to kept more or less the same squad. They're in ninth at the minute, although they got a win on Saturday against Welling. Yeah, I'm sure um, he'll be disappointed with his start and um, it, it, it looks like they're not in too great shape. So they they probably tip to be there or thereabouts to win the league, but um, they're not too far off the top. I think they've got games in hand and um, I think he'll be quietly happy that he's under the radar. And um, I'm sure they'll finish the season strong. And um, it, again, another club that if they can go out and recruit and strengthen, um, they can do that. Yeah, and the final game, Hemel Hempstead against Slough. Two red cards, four goals in total. Really, really topsy-turvy game there. And it was a mid-table battle and both sides, it's, it's one of those. Do you think they'll be already looking to next season to kind of feel like they're safe already? Yeah, I think there might be an element of that. It's um, both both had um, tough starts, really. Obviously, Hemel had changed their manager. Um, Slough had another tough start, and um, Unders and Neil Baker know what they're doing. And, and it's not the first season they've had a tough start and had to turn it round, and they're doing that again. So um, 
both clubs been in the league for a few few years now, and um, they'll be I'm sure they'll they'll be looking to get in the playoffs. The the league is so congested. Um, turn of the year, if you're there and thereabouts, then um, I think I said before the the national league get a lot of um, flack. Um, a lot of the time and credit where credit's due with with the playoffs going down to seventh um, I think you look at Bath way down there on 18 points just seven points off the playoffs I think it is um, they'll, they'll be fancying their chances still of getting in the playoffs there's a lot of football left to play so um, so yeah maybe one eye on next season but they'll be looking looking to finish this season strong yeah, down at the bottom then, I mean, it's been a tough season for Bill and Ricky, uh, Braintree as well, and Chelmsford, Chelmsford are level on points with Braintree. It's, uh, it's not looking good for an Essex side down there, is it, at the minute? No, it's difficult. Um, obviously, with only one going down, it's, <laughs> it's you don't want to be going down this season out of any. And um, Bill and Ricky obviously didn't have a great start, unfortunately decided to change their manager. But um, Braintree, I think everybody thought they'd be down there but I think Chelmsford is is um, a bit of a surprise and um, they'll be looking to turn things around quite quick yeah I mean you've obviously managed a team that's battled against relegation what, what do they have to do is it just a case of keeping calm and not panicking yeah definitely that was what um, that's what we used to try to instill into the group um, essentially for us, like I touched on with Tunbridge earlier, for us, success was staying in the league, which we managed to do each season. But um, I think you, you, each season you try to build and try and keep a nucleus of the squad together, which for certain reasons I couldn't do. But obviously you want to hit the ground running. If that doesn't happen, then, then yeah, you know you're up against it straight away. But you keep got to try and instill that belief into the players and my, my way of looking at it was um, reinforcing the positive elements, um, getting the players to believe they're good players, focusing on their good aspects rather than the negative aspects and um, that, that was the way I chose to do it and although some people would think Covid come and we'd have gone down but I still believe we wouldn't have um, as we proved the year before. Well, Ian, uh, thanks very much for joining us and uh, I'm sure we'll catch up with you later in the season. Cheers, Luke. Take care. Well, uh, that is it. Thank you very much for listening in. Uh, as I mentioned in the other pod, give us a follow on Twitter. Rob's just given out the Twitter address. It's at NL Full Time. Uh, you can follow us on Instagram as well. And, and even drop us, a, you might not be on social media, drop us an email, nlfulltime at gmail.com. We'll be back next weekend. We will review all the FA Trophy results and the North and South. And we'll also tell you who's won the Manager and Player of the Month for each division. So until then, look after yourselves. And uh, thank, you for, thank you for joining us, Rob. By the way, I forgot to say goodbye. <laughs> Pleasure as all ple- always, even if uh, even if we did have to do it twice this week. Have a good week, everyone. <laughs>